One month ago today, snow gently descended upon a frozen world. The river was a solid icy road, the forest a white blanket of hard crusty snow. Today? Well, today is certainly something entirely a world apart. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. I have a deep, uncompromising passion for trees. From the subshrubs, like bunchberry, to the towering monolithic matriarchs, like our white pines, or the Sierra's sequoias. But in every forest, there are dominant species, like the spruce, fir, and maple, that seem to comprise much of my downeast stomping grounds. Then there are others that are still in relative abundance, but ones you could hardly call dominant. Beaches, oaks, and birches seem to fill this slot. Some trees, however, seem so particular in their preferred habitats that you only chance upon them once in a great while. One such tree I rarely see unless I am paddling in meandering seasonal floodplains of our rivers is studded with small, inconspicuous flowers in early spring, silver maples. It is no surprise that I tend to find the silver maples in riparian habitats, or those which are adjacent to waterways. This tree's other common names, like river maple and water maple, echo this trend. The tree is uniquely suited to riparian conditions. Living in seasonally flooded lowlands can be hard for most trees to manage. While as a whole, trees and other plants consume carbon dioxide and produce oxygen, the non-green portions of the tree actually require oxygen to metabolize the starches and sugars that the green photosynthetic parts of the tree produce. Roots are among those parts, and many trees require light, well-draining soils so that there is ample oxygen mixed in with the soil. The soil of highly saturated and compacted alluvial floodplains can be tricky for many species to grow in because of these anoxic conditions. Silver maples, however, thrive in these conditions. When the stately elm trees were decimated across the country by the Dutch elm disease in the middle of last century, Arborists and homeowners turned to the graceful, sweeping lines and dappled shade of the silver maple to fill the sylvan void of lawns and parks. It wasn't long before folks realized that the weak wood and poor branch attachment made a bit of a mess and a liability for folks in the built environment. This tendency for silver maples to shed their long, sweeping branches is actually a unique adaptation for riparian life. Forest edges, like along a river, tend to be choked with plants all competing for sunlight. Silver maples have long, slender, fast-growing branches which can stretch out into the sunlight above a river or stream. Rivers have a tendency to change their course often, so if the tree's branches get too long and too outstretched over the river, they run the risk of toppling the tree as the riverbanks get undercut by the coursing water. Instead, the silver maple tends to lose those branches when they get big enough to be a liability to the stability of the tree. One last notable adaptation brings us back to the heart of today's phenology, the extraordinary early flowers of the silver maple. By bursting their green and red flowers early, they are able to garner all the attention of native pollinators who are eager for a post-winter meal of nectar. This means speedy pollination, which they waste no time in taking advantage of. The silver maple races to produce and release a shower of quintessential winged maple fruits called samaras. 
This often happens by late spring, when the waterways are still full and regularly blowing their banks as spring rains continue to sweep the landscape. The combined effect of long branches outstretched over the rivers and an early seed drop means that the Samaras are often picked up and swept downstream, where they will eventually lodge into riverbanks or get stranded and then partially buried in alluvial deposits in floodplains, where a new generation of these graceful maples can become established. So this weekend, you might head to a local streamside preserve in search of these maple flowers, some of the first of our spring wildflowers. Look for their shaggy gray bark and long branches outstretched over the river. You could also dust off the canoe, paddles, and life jacket and pretend that you are a maple seed drifting lazily down the icy snowmelt-filled waters of a northern spring. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. Thank you.